I've heard so many of my clients go, well, I should just start my own insurance company. You know, they're being coy <laughs> yeah. about it, but then I'm right. like, well, you know, insurance, you're grouped together with everybody in the standard world. Mm -hmm. That's the worst of the best. You're grouped into the same pool. Whereas in the captive model, this is really best of the best. So you're not playing the same game at all. It's kind of like self-insurance, but with airbags. I'm telling these clients, I'm like, hey, consider captive because you control more of what happens. Mm -hmm. Right now, stuff is happening to you. You really just are much more insulated from those market conditions in a group captive it's program. It's so cool. I think this is one of the best concepts out there to really play the game at a level that just other companies can't. Well, everyone, welcome again to the Risky Assets Podcast. I have a very special guest with me, another insurancey one, but <laughs> I promise it's going to be a good one. Uh, this is Ian Maester. Ian, thank you so much for, for being with us. This thank is going to be a me. really cool topic for a lot of people. Um, you flew today from Arizona, right? Yeah, yeah, Phoenix area. Yeah. Is that home? Uh, that is home now, yeah. Born Love and raised it. in the Chicago area, but uh, I've lived out there for about uh, going on three years now. Right on, man. Well, that's yeah. great. And uh, you're popping back, which is awesome that you just flew out here just for the <laughs> podcast. So, um, dude, wanted to talk about just your history. Like, first of all, you work for Captive Resources. Mm -hmm. You guys do what I would call like self-insurance groups. And for entrepreneurs out there, it's just a really fascinating way to go about your insurance program, completely different than the normal way of just doing insurance. So... First of all, tell us your insurance background, like how you got to Captive mm -hmm. Resources, and like just give us the rundown. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, thanks again for having me. Course, Appreciate man. it. Yeah. And, uh, beautiful studio we got here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got my start in insurance actually in college. Um, I started studying uh, finance in school, and then uh, found out that you know my school had a pretty good insurance program. That's really rare. By Very the way. rare. Yeah, and I had not much interest at all so going not many into people it. Do. Right, <laughs> right. And it, you know, a lot of people say it just kind of finds you, and that's that's how it worked out sure. well for me. Um, but yeah, I had some other colleagues at school that, that told me about it and was able to, you know, complete those two of those degrees, uh, you know, within four years. Um, and what that's, school is this that's offering insurance classes, by the way, <laughs> there's a few out there, but I went to Illinois state university. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, they had a, a pretty good program for, for several years there and they still do of course. Um, but it was great because it really kind of opened you up to some of those, you of know, course. different areas within the, the commercial side of insurance, yeah. um, as well as networking you with, with some of the businesses, uh, in the industry that are looking to attract some talent of um, from yeah. that level. And sure enough, that's how, how I came across Captive Resources when they were um, back in 2017, really starting to grow the company and, and take on some interns as well. Uh, and it was kind of the right place at the, the right time thing for me. That's amazing. So Captive Resources is the is the gorilla. They're the big boys. So they were growing in that time. Yeah, yeah. So the the company started in the mid 1980s, um, and we've you know consistently grown th since then. Um, but I would say you know definitely in the last 10 years we've seen a lot more uh, uptick in demand and interest throughout the country. Of course. Um, and so you know that's really when it started to really becoming a, a, a big bigger company sure. um, and attracting more insureds throughout the country to look at an alternative product out there like a, a group captive model. Right. So you started Captive Ed in 2000. Uh, uh, 17 and then 18 full-time. Full-time. Yeah. Okay. And then, so you came straight from college to that. Yeah. So there was no like middle in between, straight to the big leagues. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. it was, uh, <laughs> and they, yeah, they, you know, I, I, I pushed back. I was like, yeah, I, I think I'd be great here. This and that. Sure. You know, I want to work Having here. Having no idea what to do. No, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was good because I mean, you know, still a growing company and there was, I noticed some areas within, you know, at least marketing where, mm -hmm. you know, you could fill in with somebody, somebody like myself young and just help out kind of grow with some, uh, you know, materials and, and documents, all that kind of good stuff and just help our, our salespeople, you know, out in the field. Um, and so it worked 
worked out really well. And uh, yeah, the position has kind of continued as well as after I've you know graduated on from there and the company continues to grow. We're I don't I don't work there at the, the headquarters anymore, but you know I think we're adding somewhere in 60, 70 employees this year. Amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's adding fascinating. a company a year, basically, and people, I, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. It's, it's, it's really great. It's uh, yeah. It's really exciting to watch. That's cool. So for the people out there, right? Insurance is very basic in the sense you pay your premium, you mm-hmm. get insurance back. Like if you have a claim, they pay the claim. Right. That's it. Like right. it's really basic and and from a holistic perspective. Mm-hmm. Captive resources and what you guys do, completely different yet semi the same. Yeah. So tell us about the the you know captive resources and what the captive is for for people who own businesses, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So uh, we're a captive consultant. You know, we're not an insurance broker or anything like that. <clears throat> but really, what we do is we work with member owned group captives, and so they're going to be essentially an insurance company that is controlled and owned by these businesses that that participate in it. Right. So that means I buy into this insurance company. I'm a part owner. Correct. Right. Correct. So rather than, again, you know, going out and just having that contractual nothing, risk right. obligation there at yeah, risk transfer uh, in the captive, it's a little bit different where the, you know, the business owner, they have some skin in the game. Of course. You know, we call it, it's kind of like self-insurance, but with airbags. There's right. protection there in right. place. Uh, if you do have a catastrophic claim. Right, yeah, it's I like a, the airbags. The yeah. airbags. Stop loss, right? Stop that's, loss. That's the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a really good model to where, you know, if you're a safe, uh, well-run company, you know, you do a good job managing your risk. Um, it, it provides a, you know, kind of one, a financial vehicle, but also uh, another peer group of, of owners to kind of work on continuing to get safer and mm-hmm. become a better company. Because at the end of the day, that's that's really what insurance is, right? Lowering losses, that'll in turn lower your premium, or it should anyways. Should, yeah, most of the time right. it does, unless the right. market goes crazy. Yeah, but yeah from a from a agent perspective, right? We and Us and everybody else, they go sell, hey, I'll get you the best coverage, best price. And that's it, right? right? It's pretty basic. Then you go, okay, next step up is what services can I provide you for safety, for training? Mm-hmm. And even still, great, if you do well, you just lower your premiums, which again is a good thing. Right. But then in your model, if you're clean, describe what happens where like a standard program doesn't give you the benefits back. Because that's, that's the... I think the the meat and potatoes of the whole deal. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, and it's funny too. You know, a lot of the the customers that we work with, they they like the appeal to the captive for the financial perspective, mm-hmm. uh, for on the front end. But most of the time, at the end, they they really appreciate the control that they get with it and the services that you mentioned. Of course. Um, but for the companies that are, you know, very well performing and clean, as as we like to call right. it. Um, really what we look at is is kind of, you know, what's that delta between how much they paid in premiums over those years compared to how much they paid out in, in claims, claims right. right? And your average insurance company, they'll probably have operating costs of, you know, 30 to 40% each year to pay for their, you know, keep the lights on, employees, all that good stuff uh, and reinsurance. But the remaining call it 60 to 70% of their premium is there to pay for you know, your claims. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of companies that uh, do a good job managing risk, avoiding accidents, they pay that rate that most other folks in the industry do, but they don't have the same claims to back it up. Right. And so the bigger that that difference is, the more that we say, hey, you could be you know, a very good candidate for a captive program, right. taking on some of that, that risk and, and hopefully benefiting you in the long term financially. And then we have averages. It's always it's at least an average to say people are getting dividends and returns. What is an average return if you have a great year, have some claims? Like what does sure. that look like for the client that you're you know, yeah. presenting this to? Um, yeah, I mean, we did a study and you could probably find it on our website, you know, captive resources, but, uh, you know, a lot of times we see on average somewhere around 20 to 25% dividend or savings, um, on their policy, uh, you know, over a, you know, year to year basis. And so it might not seem like a lot, but 
you know, we do talk with companies that, you know, are paying a lot in premiums. It could be a quarter million dollars, a million dollars or more a year in premium. Right. Um, and, and that's when you could say, okay, well, you know, 25%, that's one in every $4. That That's, that's essentially huge, going though. to, you know, that's some, huge. that's a lot of money that could yeah. be going to, you know, your bottom line versus someone else's. Um, Let's talk about risk improvement. Like, okay, so you're doing risk improvement, but then you can also do your company improvement. Like, mm -hmm. hey, you can take those dollars away from just doing risk improvement. If you're doing that well, well, then go whether hire more people to be revenue generating or go do the, right. you know, patch the next thing that has an issue. Like, you can use your dollars for somewhere else. Exactly. What I thought was appealing too is that from a perspective of like insurance, you're grouped together with everybody in the standard world. Mm -hmm. That's the worst of the best. You're grouped into the same pool. Right. Whereas in the captive model, this is really best of the best. So you're not playing the same game at all. Exactly. And that's that's really, a you know, an appealing piece to it. You know, the, the way that I like to explain it to companies and, you know, again, education is a, a really important thing for this. It doesn't fit everyone. And, and, uh, and it really depends on kind of where you're at in your business life cycle. Uh, but just having that ability there, you know, to kind of to manage that, have that peer network that you're saying uh, is really advantageous for those those best in class companies and, and really looking to kind of take their business to the next level. Right. Of course. We're providing with them with those safety resources. Uh, and then on the broker side, it, it creates a, a little bit of a better relationship there because now that, you know, I like to say they stop asking you, hey, get me the lowest rate to, hey, help me with some safety stuff. Right. Yeah. Help me help me get more, you know, guys back in the field. Uh, you know, it's more creative that way, too, from a from a broker standpoint. Right. It's like that's more fun to be in the business than just like worrying about the pennies. So right. To speak. So it's right. like, yeah, I can provide you all these law services. I can. Hey, we're, we're going to do this claim service. Those are fun. Like, yeah. You can, you can provide real value that way. Exactly. And, and what I like the most about it, too, is that. You know, everybody, you know, they talk about rate and getting a good deal and everything. But what's really fascinating about the, the captive is that, you know, you take a different approach to safety mm -hmm. and risk management. And what we like the most about it is that, you know, we could look back at a company that joined five years ago and be like, you know, you, you reduce your claim count 40 percent year over year. Uh, less people getting getting hurt. Right. Uh, going home at night, you know, and that and that's really the the fascinating piece to it for us. Watching these companies get safer, um, you have and to just skin in the game, right? So that's the the positive is that the skin in the game can create a lot of incentive. Mm -hmm. On the negative end, if you're not doing so hot on claims, right, right, right. there's some consequences. Yeah, to you're going to pay you play for the it, game, yeah. right? Of that, course, that's, insurance companies lose money every once in a while. Yeah, you could if you're not doing well, right, right. And again, you know, it's just an option, and that's why you know, as a as a broker, you you would work with me, and we kind of sit down and say, you know, what's what's the risk reward here? Does of it make course. sense for them? Um, or we have conversations all the time. Let's get them captive ready, right? Ready is a good if you one, got, yeah. If you like the concept and the model of it and having some more control, skin in the game, if you will, um, and a seat at the table in the insurance market, yeah, let's get you to that point, right? What can we do over the next 12 to 24 months to, to work on improving you know, the safety program? Um, this is another good topic. So what do you tell those people normally? Is it, hey, you need a safety director, HR person? Like, what are those things to get you captive ready? Because this is a fascinating concept as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, safety is, is always, a, you know, probably at the That's forefront. The one, yeah. um, and having that management team kind of committed to that, you know, mindset rather than just, hey, we buy insurance to, you know, you know, check the box, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. Um, that's that's really critical is having the the management team that believes in it, sees the value in it and the long term approach there. And so making sure that they, you know, you got the adequate resources, people in the field on the job sites um, that are working on a daily basis to manage that safety, but as well as HR, right? Mm -hmm. And as well, uh, you know, your your C-suite kind of setting that culture for the company, right? right? An employee focused uh, approach to that really providing all the resources and training services that they need 
um, in that open and friendly environment where they feel comfortable going to work and, and of course. You know, working with, uh, you know, with, the, with you know, their team there. So and on our end, when we have that conversation, we have a, a company we work with called ESM. They do all claims follow up and mm-hmm. it, it, they are like white on rice on those. And it's awesome because they're outside of the insurance company. They're outside of the agency. Right. So they really that's all they do. And that seems to help as well. When you put all of those factors together, mm-hmm. you can really get someone, you know, captive ready. And then when they're in it, they're already doing the right things. Right. Which is important right obviously. right yeah so explain what lines of coverage can you put in a captive obviously i know the answer to this but <laughs> just give the people like what goes in there because we're talking about self-insurance and people are like is this everything is this part of it yeah what yeah. does it entail yeah so that's a great question charlie and it, i think it depends a little bit too there's there's first off there's a few different types of captives that are out there right we'll clarify that a little bit um you know single parent captives that's something that just about every or almost every fortune 500 type company big large company public corporation they'll use a captive and, and fund all sorts of different risks in that vehicle and single parent again just for like lay people that means just you're big enough to have your own yeah. captive you don't need other people right funding right you're it, so you're rising yeah, you know yeah, your yeah, caterpillar yeah yeah, yeah. s&p 500 basically anyone on that's gonna have that yeah, yeah yeah they're gonna have some type of, of program like that um but you know captive resources started in the you know early early to mid 80s with the concept of hey well if we had you know maybe call it eight companies in the area that, you know, combined, they kind of look like a yeah, larger, massive, larger right. company. Why couldn't we be able to do that? And so that's really, you know, where, where the group captive model started to come into play mm-hmm. um, and, and allowing these, these companies to band together like-minded professionals um, and, and kind of share in that experience together. So the member-owned group captive is, is uh, really what we focus on. Right. Um, and we've you know, got several uh, programs that we consult to in the industry there. 40-something captives? Yeah, yeah, it's grown a lot. Um, most of them are casualty-driven. Right. So it'll be workers' compensation, auto liability, physical damage on the vehicles, and your general liability. Right. Um, and we've also looked at are really making a push into the, the medical stop loss and employee benefit side. Which, which we've is, made a huge push in recently. Yeah. And actually, after this, my podcast is going to be semi-touching on yeah, that. Yeah, that's we're right. we're really pushing on that. So that's a fascinating concept as well. Yeah. In yeah the health insurance space? I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah it's and, cool. And those are, you know, more so than sometimes than, than what, what I work on is that's where the pressure really is for employers is seeing course, rising yeah. health care costs. So that's... Those um, are big checks to cut. And, you know, like they're yeah. staring at you. Right? Yeah. Sometimes the, the property casualty ones don't stare at you as often. You right. Know, you stare at that one every time you pay yeah. somebody. It's like, here's health insurance money going out the door. You exactly. Know? Yeah. yeah. So it's fascinating. Yeah. So anyway, you have uh, the group captives. You have these terms, and I always forget, it's homo... Genius, yeah, homogeneous and, and heterogeneous, heterogeneous, groups, right. right? And so those are like and different, right? Uh, so explain that. Yeah, so the the heterogeneous groups they're going to be a, a blend of all kind of best in class companies from a variety of different industries. You know, you could think we'll combine, um, you know, hospitality with some manufacturing, some distribution, maybe light construction. Uh, basically, any company that's out there that has a pretty sizable insurance sure. exposure, premium exposure. Um, without it being too risky, right? You know, nothing that's it's real catastrophic where sure. you're, you're going to turn a client, turn on the five o'clock news and see. Yeah, there's my see, client. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and all the other members, right? Right. Um, but no, so the the heterogeneous captive works really well, bringing all those different industries together. And then you know, if you did have somebody that was specific to maybe a higher hazard group, 
we do have uh, you know consultative programs that are going to be specific to just that industry. Right. Um, and and some, I've seen those like the construction ones are definitely really prevalent. Trucking ones. Right. Uh, I've seen some other ones for manufacturing that are just for those kind of people. Yeah. So yeah, those those are more the same to same. Right. More or less. Right. Like, if you had a retail you know storefront, you wouldn't want to have somebody else in the captive that's you know putting your roof on top of you know and falling off or anything like that. Sure. Um, so there's there's that nice advantage there where you're kind of focused. But then on the flip side for you know construction or trucking or something. Um, <clears throat> we'll do safety workshops and, and host that for, you know, safety managers, HR directors, they get together, brainstorm, bring in a speaker. Of uh, but it's really nice because we could tailor the risk profile, the risk strategies uh, that we're looking to do um, for those different industries, right. particular industries together uh, and really make it much more effective right. for them in, in terms of, you know, planning out risk management strategies. That makes complete sense. And I think I ask this question almost every time, but like, what's the number to be paying in the standard market to where you go, hey, this is the number of dollars I'm spending towards mm -hmm. these three lines of business, or is there a revenue size? What does that end up looking like for someone that goes, yeah, I'd like to consider this? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I would say it, it depends on every business and their risk appetite, of course. Um, but typically, we'll, we'll see companies in the general range of around 200000 up to, you know, a couple million or more. Right. Um, and that goes, you know, there's a couple that, you know, we'll still accommodate below that threshold. And certainly we have solutions for folks that are above that threshold as well. Um, but I would say for the most part, that sweet spot is in the, you know, 300000 500000 mm -hmm. up to a million dollars or so. And then the one to two million range. Um, and then under 100000 it's, you know, it's, it gets to be a little bit tricky, you know, because then the risk reward doesn't always line yeah, up in the client's favor. Right. Um, and you have to buy stock and you have to buy, there's a lot of upfront expense, letters of credit, right? There yeah. is work that goes to the front sure. end of it. So if you're too small, like those benefits really start deteriorating upfront. Right, right. And that's where, you know, a lot of times it's like, hey, you've got a great program right now. You know, this is, uh, unless you did really plan to grow significantly into that threshold. That's a good point. We do think that, you know, and I have that conversation a lot with, with companies that are interested and I, I tell them, hey, you, you know, your broker has a great solution here. Um, the cost won't match up with, with what you have here. Uh, but you know, if this is something like you know you're interested in, we could we could work on putting that together for you in the future. Uh, so it really just depends on on kind of everybody's you know perspective mm -hmm. there. Um, but there is you know additional costs, like you said, you know financials uh, that we have to look at and consider because you know it is it takes a little bit to capitalize course, into into a program like this, taking on that risk, if you will. Of course. Now, some of the other things that I always think are fascinating. You kind of hinted on it, but. I'm in masterminds where like I get to be around other business owners, pick their brains. Mm -hmm. You are basically forced to a certain degree to be with those people once a year, twice uh, a year. Yeah, yeah. Depending on the group, some groups, groups will okay, do so one. So you have to go on yeah, a, yeah. basically a little vacation. You have to have your, your yeah, board meeting, yeah, all that stuff. Um, I think being able to pick people's brains and going, you're doing this. Tell me what I'm doing wrong or tell me how to get yeah. on the right path right away has to be invaluable to these people. Oh, it's it's fascinating, you know, to see, to, to watch them kind of come in and not really have any idea what to expect. And then just to go to, the, you know, their first couple of meetings, uh, interact with with the different, you know, individuals, uh, you know, beyond just the, the captive, you know, members that they, they sit down with. They also have, you know, the insurance company there, the TPA. Of course. Uh, yeah. That are handling the claims and, and other, you know, key components to an insurance company and reinsurance company. Um, so it allows them to interact with them. But on the other side, like you mentioned, with the other, you know, member owners mm -hmm. of the captive itself. And so uh, it, it's really neat to watch them, you know, kind of go through different strategies, right? And I've been at meetings in the past where they say, hey, you know, we've, we've ran out of topics for safety, but 
you know, I'm having a really hard time hiring people in, in, in New York City right now. You know, has anybody had any ideas or, you know, thoughts in, in terms of finding better people mm-hmm. um, just with this labor market, things like that? So, uh, you know, it, it's just an invaluable opportunity for them to, to really kind of see that come full circle and, and then they become family. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's fascinating. And t- talking about family, right? Uh, you don't leave family. Retention rate, which obviously staying in those captives, once you're in them, it is kind of a long-term picture, which we tell people, like, you want to be in this four, right. five, six, ten years down the line. This isn't like a, hey, I'm going to shop it this year and shop it next year. Yeah. It's like you're committing to this long-term. What's retention like once you're in a, uh, a captive? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, you know, for the most part, they could get in and in, in and out anytime. But to your point, it is really designed more for somebody that's looking at uh, for a long term insurance solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we typically see companies stay in there, you know, five, 10 years or more or until they get sold. Uh, that's where we see a lot of the exits is typically from a, yeah, from a yeah. merger or from being sold. Yeah, right. And, and the same thing in, you know, like I said, here in the, in the captive space, too. But um, you know, on average, somewhere in like the 97, 98% retention rate year over year. Um, which is awesome. Which is insane. Yeah. In our world, right? If you're losing 8% of your business year over year, you're still doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. So to up it to two and a half, three percent Right. It's unbelievable, right. the delta between those two. Yeah. And it comes down to, you know, they're, you know, these are, are business owners that have understood the product, edu- been educated on it you know, sometimes take more than a year to consider it and, and talk with other people, which is totally fine. I recommend. Which is probably, if I, if I was in their shoes, I'd be asking a ton of questions. Yeah, yeah. And then, because it's like, this is a big jump into the deep end. You want right. to make sure that you know how to swim out and make sure you're, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Certainly, yeah. certainly. And so getting that comfort level there. And then once they get in and they, you know, do well, they perform well, maybe take on some additional safety measures and, and you know, ideas. Um, it just it just seems to work really well for them. They're betting kind of on themselves and their company and their people. Um, and they work, you know, hand in hand with their broker uh, to, to kind of achieve that level of, you know, s- success that they're looking for from an insurance program. Uh, and again, it's, you know, a lot of times with family run companies that join these programs and the second generation's on, the next thing you know, the third generation's taking over the business. And it just, you know, it could it could work out really well for them for, for a really long time. Cool. Yeah, and I think that's where we've seen, even the stuff that we've sent y'all, it's like, yeah, it's the family businesses who are doing well, they want to keep, you know, passing it down. And it's like, hey, you might as well bet on yourself, so to speak. I, it just, to me, it makes every sense in the world to do it. Yeah. I don't know how else to sell. I, I would go every time I could. As soon as I could, I would <laughs> jump in. But that's just my risk to profile yeah. is super high. But then again, stuff. too, you know, to your point, I mean, those types of companies that that have been doing the same type of work for a while, a lot of times the, the kids have grown up in the business and they've seen just about everything and they take it over from, you know, mom and dad when they get to that that certain point. Um, so I like to say they, they know what their risks are. Yeah. They know what their exposures are. It's not a startup by any means. They're not just yeah, they're not learning on the fly. You know, throwing stuff yeah. at the wall, seeing what sticks. <laughs> like they sure. know their business inside and out. And mm-hmm. they've also built up, you know, some revenues, some retained earnings over that timeline uh, to be able to, you know, afford that of course. Um, while also still placing work and capital and other projects and things like that. Um, so that's why we find that they, you know, really do well in, in these captive programs. And then some other questions, right? If you were to take like a five-year window, you talk about like the minimum, like most of the time, I know there's like, you're going to win most years. Mm-hmm. Do you see people winning three out of five years, four out of five? Like what's the win rate? You're like, I got money back every year, except uh, what? what's a typical? I would say, yeah, four out of five years. Yeah. Um, you it's know, incredible. And, and 
look, every you buy insurance because you're going to need it at some point. You will need it. You know, yeah. regardless of how good of a company you run, there's always going to be those freak accidents. Of course. And that's something that we say that that's okay. Those things happen, yeah. right? And you, um, have, you have reinsurance for all of it. Right, yeah. right. And so, you know, one, one year out of five, you might not see anything, any financial incentive come mm-hmm. back to you. Uh, but that's okay because the other four out of five years, either you're going to learn from that mistake yeah. and do everything you can to make sure it doesn't happen again um, and buckle down. And, you know, you'll be profitable in those other four out of five years. Um, and, and so it's just it's just a matter of looking, you know, taking a step back and looking at it in that light. Of course. Uh, rather than, you know, like we say, hey, get me the cheapest quote tomorrow for this next year type of thing. Yeah. Which, again, like we tend to focus on clients who are wanting to see it as like not just a bottom line number. Right. Their PLs, but like, how do I use this properly? And this really takes it to the next level, which is what we really love too. Mm-hmm. We're, we're targeting the heck out of these markets <laughs> for it because it makes so much sense yeah. from a client perspective and from a broker perspective. Right. Yeah. Um, it's really a fascinating concept. Now, and then from a claims perspective, obviously, you guys are paying claims. You have a TPA, you have a third party administrator that does all of that. Mm-hmm. And in, are the incentives any different, right, between an insurance company in the standard market versus like what a TPA is doing in the captive? Yeah, yeah, and that's a great question, Charlie. Uh, what I think that that might be one of the most uh, important pieces of it. Um, you know, in the captive space, that the TPA knows and are tra- are trained that these aren't necessarily dollars that we're you know handling for a big insurance company, but rather for you know ABC manufacturing. Right. Um, and, and this you know this company put up these dollars. Uh, they have some control over that. So. You really get to work with the TPA, develop a relationship with them, um, and, and have a deeper understanding of, of what happens when these claims come in rather than just the insurance company kind of you know deciding, does this financially make sense to fight or are we better off settling? I can't tell you how many of my clients, we all see it too. We know it. it's like, yeah, we're just going to pay it, make it go away. And right. like, nobody has any say. No it's say. It's just what it is. And then, then the owner, you know, next year renewal, you got to have that conversation. And their insurance going to go up. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, we paid out this many dollars. Well, you didn't really try and fight it. Right. You know? so, right. Um, yeah. It seems like a bad double-edged sword in that regard. Right. Yeah. So having just that that extra layer of control. And of course, you know, there's going to be situations where it's like, hey, you know, no, this it is, is best to settle this. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, you get that professional advice there from uh, the third party adjuster. But again, a lot of times, you know, especially in, you know, if we are talking California in particular, where the you know litigation environment's a little bit more employee friendly. Of course. I'll say. Right. Um, having just that little extra control there uh, really goes a long way. Um, and even on not just workers' compensation too, but you know auto liability. Auto's been big. You know that's that's really where we're seeing some of those big verdicts come out that are driving up you know car insurance. Um, and it's it's crazy. I mean, it's both you know private auto and and commercial auto both. This is a good segue because the market in California with with so many lines of business is out of control. The property mm-hmm. market here is terrible. Everybody <laughs> knows it, right? Uh, we have carriers backing out of California. Um, the auto market. There's very few commercial auto markets writing business in California, which then creates like, okay, there's not as many competitive options, which is more expensive. Right. Workers comp is still somehow okay, but that's going to change at some point. Mm-hmm. I always then think back to, I'm telling these clients, I'm like, hey, consider captive because you control more of what happens. Mm-hmm. Right now, stuff is happening to you, right? The market's happening. Here's your rate increase. Stuff is just happening to right. you. Right. You can hedge that mm-hmm. severely right now in those in your kind of programs and describe why. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the big thing for us is, you know, uh, in the group captives that, that, you know, we work with, they're, they're going to price out their premiums based on their own individual loss history over the last mm-hmm. five years. And so that, you know, again, if you're a good operator, you're running a good company and you have all those, uh, you know, controls in place, 
you're likely going to be beating the national average of, you know, how many other contractors or trucking companies are having accidents. Of course. Um, and so just by having that data there, we have, a, you know, an independent actuary develop a loss cost and a premium for them. Mm-hmm. And so just using that model, you know, I, I've talked to you know, some folks here in the LA area, companies that have, you know, 50 vehicles and they're getting charged, you know, $1,500, $2,000 a, a vehicle. And then we do the actuarial study. And just because they're so safe, you know, that rate could go down to, you know, 500 a vehicle. Yeah, we've seen 500 to 800. And you're you like, know? wow, this is amazing. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that, that we're doing. This is, hey, this is a testament to you and the of company course. that you're running, right? Um, and, and so it's really, you know, it's funny because I'll tell them, I'm like, you're getting a better rate than I get on my one Toyota at home, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it is crazy. I mean, some of these contractors you see with these huge fleets, and you're like, there's no way you're paying $800 a unit. Right. But they're in the captive, and it makes a ton of sense. They do a great job with safety. Mm-hmm. They have dash cams on all of them. I was like, gonna, they're, that was they're my next thing. They're doing all the right things to make sure that their people are being safe, that right. if someone's doing a, you know, a squat and soup whoop on them so they, you know, <laughs> yeah. rear-end them, that they can see it. Like, there's so many good things about what they're doing. Yeah. They deserve that rate. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, they're just hedging the people who do get in accidents. And that's, yeah, that's that's what we say, you know, when, when we're talking to these companies. It's like, hey, you know, you're in the, the top 10 or 20% of, you know, the industry pool for the insurance mm-hmm. company, um, but you're you're subsidizing all the people at the bottom end, right? So you can't get the, the best deal you deserve because, you know, they're if they didn't get their deal, they would be out of business paying that much. I yeah. um, It's such so, a great concept for businesses because what's the first thing they complain about i had no claims and yet my premium goes it's going up uh, well yeah. that's because the guy yeah. down the street doesn't do what you do and likes right. to run into people yeah you know? <laughs> yeah and he's like well how's that my problem, that's not my problem. right but this this solves that and you have more control over mm-hmm. your own program which i love now you are with a group you're with a bunch of different business owners they are going to have their claims you're going to have your claims mm-hmm. If you have a bad year as a group, mm-hmm. there are some assessments. Like, what does that look like? This is semi the con. Again, yeah. there's a lot more pros than there are cons, but there's definitely cons. Got sure. to talk about them. Like, yeah. what does a bad year look like? What does an assessment look like? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it depends a little bit on, on the industry and the particular program that they're in. But for the most part, um, the, the uh, you know, one of the drawbacks is, you know, pay to play type of thing. Yeah. You know, uh, you could certainly do well and, and, you know, earn some of those dollars back. But on the flip end, you know, you could have years where you have too many frequency claims, too many accidents in one policy year sure. um, that could cause you to you pay more. Right. right. Um, and I always like to use the example. It's like, you know, if you and I own businesses next door to each other and, you know, we're not in California, we're back in the Midwest in a winter storm or something. Oh, yeah. And I'm shoveling my, you know, my sidewalk and you don't and you're getting a bunch of claims, people falling on ice. I'm going to look over and say, I'm not paying for those. You know, that's mm-hmm. what you got to pay for on your own by right. being a, a smart business owner. Mm-hmm. And so in those situations, when you do have too many of those small losses, you can be, up, you know, have to pay more. Um, and it's somewhere, you know, maybe around 40% addition max of, of your premium. Right. Um, um, and those are things that, you know, we lay out clearly up front. That but is nice. But your proposals really give you like, what's my maximum probable expense right, here with right. know, on a bad year, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, this is where I'm going to be at, worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah. And then on the flip end too, you know, if you're somebody else in the group that didn't have a bad year, um, you wouldn't have to feel as much pain from from those other folks in the group causing that. Uh, so it's a really good model where, you know, everybody kind of, you know, pays for, for how they did that year. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little bit there that that is, uh, you know, risk shared and shifted, making it true insurance. Um, and, and it works out really well at the end of the day there. For the policies themselves, I actually don't know why, but like deductibles, are they ne- normal deductibles? They typically hire, like, are you guys trying to incentivize, you know, keeping small stuff away? Like, what is the the thought there? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, for the most part, the, the deductible isn't necessarily a as big of an issue in the captive because you're 
you're essentially almost like pre-funding a, a deductible, yeah, right? Absolutely. Or you're, you're already putting those dollars up. And so, you know, we always say, you know, report those things, you know, make it, make it known. Um, and then at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's just so it comes out of that, you know, sure, with the, yeah, the, the funds that you put up mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, a couple of them will have physical damage deductibles, but for the most part, you kind of just use the the lost funding that you have available that you paid in with your initial premium sure. to, to cover that piece there. Sure. That's cool. Um, and then the policies, you're kind of built as agents, we're kind of building them, right? So like there's some unique things with construction where you need to have, make sure that there's, you know, your products completed is right and you have all those different things going right. on. Are there anything that you guys won't do from like a, hey, we need to have this coverage on the GL or auto. Like, is there some limitations or will you do anything in a standard insurance carrier will do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, for the most part, it will have, uh, you know, a lot of those ISO forms mm-hmm. and some of, some of that, those endorsements, uh, most of your, your normal bread and butter ones that everybody All gonna be is, there. Yeah. Yeah. If, if there is some unusual stuff, we will dig into it. Uh, but all of the, the captives we consult to, they, they're with, you know, A plus 15 rated, you know, U.S. admitted carriers. Um, and so they've got the ability to, to do a lot of that stuff there uh, within the, the, you know, their their respective uh, insurance companies. And so for the most part, that's not too big of an issue. More cool. or less, you know, we see some issues around because uh, the captive won't include your property coverage. And then if you purchase excess or umbrella insurance, those two pieces also sit outside of the right. program just because, you know, there's from a property side, there's not much risk control you could do, whether or not you're going to have an earthquake, a hurricane, or any of those totally. tomorrow. Um, and so, as you, as you know, not everybody does, but, you know, the package program, that's that's a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Having all of those under one carrier, and then if you tried to, what we say, pull it apart, move a little bit to a captive, and then keep the rest there, well, then you, you kind of, you know, shake the tree a little bit too much, and you can't always get the, the right prices out of right. out of that whole thing comes back to like the the guy called bundle and save you know sure yeah right uh so you know it just depends and that that all comes with you know educating the business owner working with their broker learning more about the company um and, and seeing if there's a good solution there at, at that time given you know market conditions of course of course yeah market conditions do we keep coming back to that that's where i just see so much value right now um how long does it take if someone says hey i'm interested mm-hmm. right what do I do? Like, what's next? I already have my standard renewals going. Yep. What does that look like for a business owner? Yeah. Uh, well, first thing is, you know, call your broker, ask them if they got any any solutions like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't, maybe call Charlie. There you no. go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, having that discussion and, you know, getting their thoughts on it. But really the the big thing, in my opinion, is having a, a good lead time to to sit on it and contemplate it, think about it, talk to some people that maybe you know are in one, Talk to you know your you know attorney or and C- you will give, CPA. I, mean, I know you've given other people to like. Hey, here's someone who's in the captive. Similar, you call them, right? Yeah. So you've played matchmaker for those people. Yeah, and we'll do that from time to time. Mostly towards the end of the process when they're really getting serious about right. it um, and are kind of you know just looking to hear a little bit more. Because um, it, you know, the way we look at it, it's like we both work in insurance. You know, this this guy grew up doing, you know, this type of work. He's he'll listen to somebody that does that a lot more than he'll listen to us. Of which course. I, you know, I, I certainly understand and I, I appreciate. And so having you know connecting them there is uh, is a pretty critical thing. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, I say you know starting with about three to a six month lead time um, to do an education. You know, sit down and, and explain. Hey, this is an option. We think it might be good for your company, or you might have heard right. that it could be good for your company. Let's walk through it. See what and it you means. will fly out to people, whether it's here in California, Nevada. You, you go out, people. You meet with them. You want to make sure that they can be mm-hmm. comfortable with you. Ask questions. What are some common, like, especially when you're down to proposal time, and it's like, all right, what are the common questions that you're getting from these people to go? Yeah, this makes sense for me. No, like, 
you know, mm-hmm. tax advantage, whatever they're going to ask you, what's the common one you're going to see? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of times I would say is, uh, what's my umbrella for, for yeah. you going to be, you know, that, that's, uh, you know, at least in this market, that's something that, that always seems to be coming up, which is certainly, you know, important. Well, the market's tough in general for that. Right. So. Right. So they'll, they'll want to know, you know, how does it compare to my, my current program? Mm-hmm. What are the savings? Does it cost more on the front end? Um, and, and then, you know, some other stuff, you know, how's the property go into it? So a lot of times it's, it's coverage stuff. Um, but then, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll have people say, well, you know, can I, can I speak to somebody, right? How's, how's the group doing? Um, and things like that. And again, that, that's what we do is the the consultant to the captive kind of piece those folks together, um, and just make sure all those parties are, are working appropriately. So Mm -hmm. that way when they do get together, you know, they're, uh, everything's running on, on this, on one page, um, in, in a sense. I love that. Okay. So you get through three to six months, you get a quote, everything seems good. You finally bind it. You're like, cool, I'm in the captive now. Mm-hmm. I have a couple really good years. When am I seeing that money back? Yeah. Like, that's, the, that's the big rubber meets the road, right? Yeah. Money back, dividends. Explain what that like final piece of the pie looks like and what yeah. you're putting all that work in for. Sure. Yeah. So again, you know, if, if you know you pay your premium, you have money set aside to pay for <clears throat> excuse me, any claims or losses that you have, uh, when there's still, you know, money left over, it obviously it takes some time to come back because Again, you got to remember the lines of coverage that we're looking at: workers' compensation, liability. These things that they take some time, right? If if you've got an employee that has you know knee surgery, that could be you know twelve months rehab, you know maybe longer. Could be longer. Um, and, and so a lot of times we have to we we hold off, um, but the board will get together and, and you know review data together. Typically, we see it three years after that policy year expires um, that they'll start to get some form of distribution back. And then typically uh, about five years after that, that policy period expires is when they'll have all premium or full, or, or yeah. full dividend back um, from that, that particular underwriting year. Uh, but it's neat because a lot of times it does happen at that board level, right? The discussion right. between the yeah. owners um, in terms of, you know, is this the right time for us? Because, you know, not everybody, uh, you know, especially, the, you know, our customers, they don't work in insurance. So they don't know IBNR as, as much, you know, as totally. a, a big thing, right? It, it looks like the claims are all done. There's nothing there. But you and I both know in this business that, you know, claims could pop up from, from two years ago that we never heard about until today. Well, I was going to ask the construction question. I mean, that's a 10-year window, mm-hmm. right? So what happens if you build something, you were on a project, year nine comes in, boom, the water pipe breaks, it was your fault. Like that ki- it's yeah. still on you nine years later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it, there's a huge lag on that kind of stuff. Yeah. Workers comp, all of a sudden, someone has a shoulder problem from four years ago. They didn't mm-hmm. tell you about those. All those issues come up. Right. Right. And I will, you know, not to get too deep into an insurance <laughs> conversation. I'll, I'll save this for, you know, off the line. But, yeah. you know, there are, uh, you know, exit strategies for those old liability years that we work with in the groups to to get that liability off of the individual company's right. books. Um, and it actually came up, you know, just in conversation last month with, uh, you know, contractor that that said hey what happens if mm-hmm. something something like that occurs you know nine years down the road exactly um, and, and there's you know the the structures in place to avoid that falling on you as a business owner and you know sell that liability off to a third party uh, so it's it's really fascinating you know once you get to that and we've size, talked about it and I was like floored when you told me this yeah. years ago I was like you can do what yeah. that's just such a cool concept yeah you know? well, but you're playing a different game at that level right honestly right. so there's part of it yeah I mean you, you know you really got to think when you do get together with you know 100 200 other companies 
Um, and you guys are all, you know, of, of decent size and, and very... all have nice attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, you have you have leverage in the marketplace and buying power. Um, so whether it's a TPA or an insurance company, you know, they, they care a lot more about you. Oh, yeah. You know, as, as a whole group than they do one individual policyholder on the side. Um, and, and so it really goes a long way for the, for the clients. And that, that's why, you know, it comes back to when they see us 10 years down the road, they're like, yeah, we love the concept of, you know, saving money. But now it's like we're just we have so much more control, more that, yeah. stability, predictability. You know, if we're looking to grow, we have a really good idea where our costs are going to be. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the standard market, we just don't always fluctuate. know what, yeah, yeah, how much it could fluctuate up or down mm-hmm. in the next three to five years. Um, you really just are much more insulated from those market conditions in a group captive it's program. so cool. Yeah. OK, so then there's the last part where it's like, all right, you know, we're getting paid money. There's a difference between a distribution and dividend like you guys can you do put the money into the market that is set aside for different claims costs and all that they are getting that money at the same time the three to five year window how are those dividends paid or is that different what's that now just the um because you're setting aside money that goes into the market mm-hmm. right because you guys are helping them it's mutual yeah, correct yeah. so when are they getting those dividends just on investment dollars oh uh, so those will, those will typically come in tangent in with tangent. Uh, okay, cool. yeah yeah with the the loss funding dollars as well yeah um, yeah, the mutual fund concept mm-hmm. to it. That's that's a you know feature that we started in the in the '90s for the the customers, and right. um, it's really neat because it's actually ran by the you know individuals that are across our, our portfolio right. of groups we we consult to. Um, but it, you know it goes back to the the core concept of insurance, right? You pay the you know your insurance company x amount of dollars, and they say thank you, and they take they that the money yeah. on day one, and and they you know they've got their own investment team, mm-hmm. they they distribute it in the, in the market. Um, and so that's, you know, what we want to do and allow, you know, mid middle market business owners to do for the, their own insurance. The reason I always bring that up is because I've heard so many of my clients go, well, I should just start my own insurance company. You know, they're being coy <laughs> yeah. about it, but then I'm right. like, well, you know, yeah, you can exists. act just like one and do the same things they do. You just have to fit into this model, right? And understand it. And then, you know, the eyes yep. go up and go, oh, no way. Right. right. So I always think that's a fascinating one to go, oh, I can actually play insurance company, like, yeah. be a real insurance company. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> which is cool. Um, any tax advantage? I, I know they're they're not huge, but again, as a business owner, it was it's one of the questions I asked. Mm-hmm. Is there any tax advantage to this? Yeah. For me as the business owner. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not so much a you know a tax play, and and I obviously you know certainly do your do your research because uh-huh. there's different captive programs out there. Um, and certainly some might say that you know it could be or couldn't be. Um, all of the you know the programs that we work with, they pay taxes to the you know to the IRS. Of course. Um, it, it or income. And so, uh, but the big thing comes back to, you know, having those dollars that, you know, you could actually receive back and, and, and be, you know, taxed. And so uh, it works out really well. You know, obviously, you know, there's some different differences between, uh, you know, domiciles and where they're working out of things like that. Um, but yeah, as long as you have, you know, a good you know, tax consultant, right. I'll say I'm, I'm not a CPA. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. I just know from a base level, there's a difference between capital gains and dividend income. All of that that comes back is dividend income, correct? Yes. For the most part. Yeah. 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 So you pay a different, it's a different rate, which is helpful. Right. So that money back isn't getting hit as hard, right. which is awesome. Yeah. Um, again, just small tax feature, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps. Um, from a, in a real way to kind of wrap it up, you know, like I think this is one of the best concepts out there to really play the game at, at a level that just other companies can't, mm-hmm. right? If you, once you start getting big enough, you should be taking advantage of the scale you have. Yeah. Um, there's a right fit for you. As far as um, going about it, not a difficult process, really. There's a little bit more work up front to get into it. But once mm-hmm. you're in it, it's just smooth. So yeah. like, as long as you're doing the right things, I don't see why you wouldn't do it. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with you. Like I said, I I came across this when I was studying insurance, and I was like, this seems like the best thing since sliced bread. You know, it makes so much more sense to me than than a lot of the other products out there um, at the time, and, and I still believe it. But you know, there, like you said, there are certain constraints, and mm-hmm. you know, the, your cost to get in, and depending on you know, do you want to spend extra money to you know capitalize into that, of course. Um, but for those companies that you know it fits the model, and they they really are are at that you know time in their business life cycle that they feel this is a good solution. Solution, um, you know, very high success rate, and a lot of them of just really appreciate, you know, what they get out of it. Um, you know, because and, and we like to say, you never know what you're going to learn at, at the next meeting. It's true. Whether it's a safety meeting or, or a board level meeting with the other owners, um, there's always something. You know, it could be a, a presenter that's you know giving a speech or just a, a side conversation mm-hmm. you have with you know another business on the other side of the country, um, and, and you just start talking with each other. And, you know, you really learn a lot. Um, and it, for us, it's that's what's really rewarding is that, you know, we get to see that firsthand. Uh, just so many positive experiences come out of this for the, the companies that we work with. Of course. I love it. Ian, thanks for coming on, man. This is such good information. Yeah, thanks for having and me. And for all that watch, if you want to take control of your insurance program, contact me. Me and Ian will be working together on your program for your property and casualty. And we know it'll be at least good to go through the exercise of seeing if it's right for you, having an honest conversation. We've done this before. You're very honest. You'll tell people if it doesn't make sense. All the time. We'll get you captive ready. You know, we'll, we'll work through all that, those steps, yeah. what that looks like. So if you're interested, reach out over us to, at Greyhawk, and we'd love to have a discussion with you. Ian, thanks again, buddy, and appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me, Charlie. See appreciate y'all. it. Take care. Thank you. Bye.